Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Asking for Myself, the podcast where I ask all the questions you're too afraid to. I'm your host, Mia, and today we're talking about dating apps. In my own personal life, I am currently back on the market, which is such a weird phrase now that I'm thinking about it. So I'll just say I am recently single. I'm the type of person who has always preferred meeting people organically IRL, and maybe that's most of us, but pretty much everyone and their mom, literally, is on a dating app. And that's how I actually met my last partner. So obviously they do have a lot of value. That being said, I don't really love them and apparently a lot of others can relate. A 2020 research study found that by a wide margin, Americans who have used a dating site or app in the past year say their recent experience left them feeling more frustrated, 45%, than hopeful, 28%. However, literally, Every single one of my friends met their current long-term amazing partner on a dating app. So don't get discouraged. There is hope for us all. I recruited the best in the biz, Alana Dunn, the host of the podcast Seeing Other People, and Stevie Bowen, the founder and author of The City of Dating, to help me feel better about dating and help you get excited about your dating life and do's and don'ts for approaching dating in a way that feels right to you and will help you find the kind of relationship or relationships you've been seeking. If you're in a relationship, I also think this is a great episode to listen to because we do talk about how you can support your friends that are single. But you know, I think everyone should listen to every episode. (laughs) So that's just me. I genuinely had the most fun and hilarious time recording this episode. There's a lot of laughs, so I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please feel free to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks! Without further ado, let's talk taboo. Hi! Um, Welcome to this episode. I'm super excited to have you both on today. If you want to start with introducing yourselves, I guess we'll go in alphabetical order. So Alana, do you want to kick things off? Yes. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So I am Alana Dunn. I am the host of the podcast, Seeing Other People. I worked at Hinge for a little over two years creating content for them. And yeah, my whole kind of mission is to help people feel less alone and more empowered in their dating lives. As we all know, dating and modern dating is a very challenging thing. And there are so many ups and downs and you know, there's so much out there telling us what to do and what we can and can't do. And I just really believe it's it's such an individual thing because we all have so many individual experiences that there are no black and white rules. So that's what 100%. I do. And just for context, like what's your dating history slash current relationship status? I am currently in a long-term relationship. I've been dating my boyfriend for about a year and a half now and he is moving into my apartment shortly. So things have been going really, really well, really since the start. And I feel really lucky because I have a really wild dating history of so many ups, like high highs and, and really, really low lows, some past like really unhealthy relationships and a million and a half situationships. So I, I know how lucky I am to have really found somebody that's, that feels right for me. Awesome. Super happy for you. 
<laughs> okay, Stevie, tell us about yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Stevie Bowen. I am the author of The City of Dating, a memoir, uh, which I wrote back in 2020 and decided to make a dating community platform around it where I write um, my weekly dating advice column every week, um, just talking about things that come up in my life or like my single friend's life and things that we discuss. My focus is more like honestly what Alana said, it's dating is such an individual thing and there's not really a specific rule book. You kind of have to create one yourself and I'm all about helping people create that narrative and dating to find themselves, not their soulmates. I'm currently single, which is very exciting, especially in the summer. And my friends here are also pretty single. So it's fun. I'm just, I'm dating around and meeting new people. Love it. I am also currently single. I just got out of a relationship like six months ago, five, what, five four months ago, whatever. And uh, we were living together. So I'm definitely new to the dating scene and I never truly dated before like I've always been in relationships with people that like like I met at school or you know in person at a bar versus the dating apps I've been on a few dating updates but even this most recent relationship was like we went on a dating update and I went on one other one and then we ended up dating for a long time so I'm new to this experience sort of and, uh, and I have a ton of questions based on my own recent experiences and based on just our community and kind of the questions that they have had. So I guess just to start off with for each of you, since you talk about dating publicly, write about it, you know, have like Instagram accounts and Alana with you with Hinge being like the public face, did you find that people or do you find that people recognize you and or that they treat you differently knowing what you do for a living like you know I write about dating for a living are they thinking or oh, are you writing about me you know what I mean like how has that impacted your dating life for each of you I have definitely when I go on dates and I tell them what I do they're always like they kind of stop for a second they're like are you going to write about this date and I'm like don't feel so special. I'm like, I, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't say names and I don't tell, talk about people's careers, but I, I kind of always am like, you know, it's not about the person. It's about the experience. And it, I write about if I'm talking things with my friends, you know, what are the discussions and the topics that come up? But I definitely, a lot of them to this day, I mean, even exes, they always listen to my stuff and they're like, oh, I heard you speak about me. And I'm like, it's just kind of weird. But um, I always try to talk about the good things. And if it's bad, I do not, you know, bring up their names. And I kind of always have to reassure people about that. But yeah, they're definitely a little standoffish in the beginning. Wait, also real quick, I think you might have some feedback coming through from your mic. Okay. Is that a little bit better? Definitely right? a little better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's better. Okay. okay. Thanks. I'll yeah. push my hair back. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. No, no, it's cool. Awesome. Okay. Alana. Yeah. I totally relate to everything you just said, Stevie. I definitely, especially when I was working at Hinge, like I had a lot of issues with having that I worked at Hinge in my Hinge profile. You know, people were like, oh, are you going to like make a meme about me? Like is the entire like company of Hinge going to hear about if I ghost you, like things like that. And, you know, some guys like would literally unmatch me when they heard like what I did for a living. And because the thing is about my job, like I, my job description was the face of Hinge on social media. So I wasn't just a behind the scenes person. I was actually like getting on the Instagram story every day, making videos that were going on the Instagram and, and sometimes even like 
going in the app, like things like that. So it, I kind of made a rule for myself in the beginning that I never wanted somebody to not want to date me because of what I did for a living. So I never talked about my personal life for my entire first year there. Like nobody ever heard about any dates I went on, any of my past dating experiences. I did not want that to impact my dating life whatsoever. But it definitely like, I think raised flags for people. A lot of guys were very interested in it and thought it was really cool. But at the same time, a lot of people were a little nervous that I was going to like put them on blast or something. But that's not something I ever, ever wanted to do. And there was a shift where I did decide to start talking about my dating life, but I did it in a way where I was not saying like, oh, this person did this thing or said this thing on a date. It was more so like, this is how, this is what I'm going through right now. And this is how I feel. And this is what I'm struggling with. And I thought that was a really great way to go about it because that showed just the reality of how we feel going through certain phases of our dating lives and experiencing certain things that so many people can relate to. And it doesn't matter who may like caused those feelings or who uh, like broke up with me and made me feel a certain way. What mattered is that I felt really like lost and confused and alone and broken. And a lot of other people were able to relate to that. I think it's like a double-edged sword in a way because I think people might maybe some positive assumptions but then maybe some negative or like fearful based assumptions as well speaking of kind of judging a book by its cover or making assumptions about someone before you've met them I'm thinking about Instagram and looking someone up or looking them up on Google or LinkedIn or whatever you know public profile they have before you go on a date with them And I know that in the past, I've regretted my instinct to do this. Nevertheless, I do it anyway. And so I'm wondering, you know, you get a false sense of who someone is, and then you start painting this entire narrative about who they are and why you won't work out or like whatever. And so what is your take on looking someone up? And then especially considering I know on Bumble, there's the 24 hour match rule or response rule. And if you're not responsive on it, you'll lose the match. So I think a lot of people put their Instagram, like just DM me on Instagram or just follow me on Instagram. Maybe they just want more followers. I don't know. But I guess what's your advice around looking people up and kind of like having an interaction on social media before you've actually met them in real life? I typically do not look people up before Uh, my friends do, but I'm like, do not tell me about anything that you find until after this day, at least the first day. Sometimes I used to, Um, But then I kind of realized I wanted to create, you know, my own opinion based on like the person in front of me than, you know, who they are online, because I'm always, you know, I think about my hinge profile and I'm like, you know, that people may think that I'm different than what they see on there. So it sort of goes both ways. If someone says DM me on Instagram, it's actually a red flag to me and I will press X or I'll swipe left. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um, And the fact that you are even guiding me towards your Instagram is a little concerning to me. So I tend to keep away from that and really just social media before the first date. Yeah, I totally agree. Do not ever say like, here's my snap, here's my Instagram in your profile, because people automatically assume like, oh, you are not looking for anything serious. You are not here for the real thing. Like you're just trying to have girls sliding into your DMs. And same thing for girls. Like I have, I've, my friends will give me their profiles to look at all the time. And like, I've been shocked at which friends even have their Instagram in their bio or in their profile. And I'm like, do not do like, take that out right now. Like I, it's just, it's too much information. It is really giving, I don't even like on Hinge, I know you can like connect your Instagram profile and it'll show the last, 
I think like 27 pictures, the last three grids of nine, that's too much information for somebody to have about you. And it's probably misleading information too. I think especially when it comes to guys looking at girls' Instagrams, because think about it. Like, I feel like as girls, we post Instagram pictures of us like trying to look cool and trendy (laughs) and all these things that like are geared towards girls. You know, like a girl might see that and be like, oh, that's so cool. But a guy would be like, what? You know? So I definitely think, yeah, keep that off your profile. And then in terms of stalking, I mean, look, I have done it all. I have looked people up on LinkedIn. I have found their home addresses, looked them up on Zillow, found out the value of their home when their parents bought it. Like I have done it all. Guys, don't, don't, don't do what I've done. (laughs) Don't do what I've done. You do not want to walk into a date with all this information about this person that you've never met and accidentally say something, or even be afraid that you're accidentally going to say something that you should not know. Because it really keeps you distracted during the entire date. You cannot focus because you're like waiting like, oh, I wonder if they were going to bring up that thing or like, huh, like I'm sitting here and they don't know that I watched on YouTube their presentation they gave their freshman year of college in Arabic. Like it's just ridiculous (laughs) the amount of information you could find out about somebody. And if you think about it, like you don't want them doing it to you and finding out all of these things and making all of these assumptions. I really think like assumptions are one of the biggest downfalls in modern dating. Yeah, I I think when I used to, you know, I honestly used to do the same. I used to sit with my friends and look it up before the date, but I'm really bad at deciphering what I'd seen on their hinge based on then <laughs> what I've seen on like things that I've yep. researched. And then I get all nervous and I'm like, what if I like say, you know, I know their mom's name and that their brother, I don't know, <laughs> is in the army and I don't know. I'm like, but what if it's, so then I get it all in my head and then I don't know what to say. And then I probably end up saying something I shouldn't. I actually recently got on Raya um, and you have to put your Instagram profile on that. And it's my opinion on Raya is I don't really love it because it, I think because of that, it feels very superficial Mm -hmm. and very surfaced and you you automatically see people's instagrams which i don't i don't really love so you know i I agree with i agree i agree with alana i think you just don't look it up don't research until like the second date i think it's definitely also i mean i think that happens just in life with friends or friend removed from friend removed where you think you know someone's life because you're seeing it on Instagram and then like I've had people be like oh how was your trip and I'm like wait what did we talk about that and it's like no they saw it which is fair they're seeing it and you're putting it online but especially with someone you don't know I feel like you don't want to be having conversations that just aren't there yet and also you're inevitably probably going to see something that you judge or have opinions on like I feel like I saw someone's pictures with their ex and it's like why I don't even know I haven't even talked to you yet why am I looking at these pictures of your previous and then you life? start comparing yourself to that person it's like right. well this oh, person yeah. was their type like this person was like they liked this person if they don't want a second date with me like am I not good enough am I not as good as this person it's just it's so evil like to, to yourself to do that yeah you don't want to go down the rabbit hole you want to no. you want to stay out Agreed. Okay, so we've talked about like Hinge and you just mentioned Raya. Can we talk a little bit about just like all of the apps or not all of them, but you know, what would you recommend for people to be on? What is for what? Like is Tinder for hooking up? Is that just established? Is Hinge more the relationship app? Like what is what and who should be on what platform for what reasons? 
So I I have not been on this, but my friends have just discovered Field. Oh, yeah. Um, which is more, you know, sex positive. But also she's been going on dates as well. And it's not just for singles, it's for couples. And I think it's a great way to like, if you want to sexually explore, you know, what you're into, but also as a way to meet other people that maybe have similar interests. And I think that's a really great one if you're kind of unsure of what you want, but you want to explore yourself. I personally don't go on Bumble much anymore, but I think that's always a constant battle between Bumble and Hinge because when Hinge is bad, Bumble's good. When Bumble's bad, Hinge is good. You kind of have to like play the field a little bit. I love, I do love Hinge. That's probably my main go-to. I think I get more dates from that. And my approach is I love to just give people opportunities and meet people at least for a first date. And if it, that's just, you know, I only feel friendship with them, that's fine. But it's given me, it's got me out of the house. It's got me to talk about, you know, talk with other people and meet other people and kind of practice dating. But those are, those are probably my main ones. And Raya, I don't even go on. <laughs> I've never actually heard of people forming a relationship from Raya no. but at the same time it's just like cool to be on like I never got accepted and I'm so upset about it to this day like don't, I don't know on. how I'm on I don't, I don't know how I got on truly <laughs> I'll also say like I haven't heard of anyone meeting on tinder in the last like five years though I do know a lot of couples who are married um or having babies now who did meet on tinder but again that was when tinder was like the app to be on so I do think it's changed a lot where you know you're pro if you want a relationship it, Tinder is not your best bet. I personally never had any success on Bumble. I don't know why. And this was even before I worked at Hinge, like Bumble just didn't do it for me. And Hinge was really like the main app that I had success on. But I think the thing about it and the thing about any dating app, I think you could have success on any dating app, but you really have to put effort into creating your profile and writing your prompts and giving information about yourself in those prompts and asking a question so that somebody can easily start a conversation with you based on a shared interest. So I think you can make any dating app work for you if you really put in the effort and if you send, you know, intentional and thoughtful first messages and, and really strike up conversations that could mean something. That being said, other apps out there, this is a relatively new one. It's called Foreplay. And I think it is like the greatest, most brilliant thing to shake up kind of the dating space. It's not actually a dating app. It's more of a social network for singles. Um, so what the concept is, is that you sign up as a team. So you and a friend sign up and it's for double dating or just meeting people. So you and your friend make a joint profile and then you swipe on other teams. So, you know, you could end up going out and just having a really great night and making new friends, or you could end up going out and like two, like one person from your team and one person from the other team hit it off. And like, they end up going on a date after, or, you know, you all hit it off. Who knows? But I think it's a really great way to make dating a like safer because you're not, going and meeting a stranger alone, you have a friend with you. So that like takes a lot of the date safety stresses out away because it's a much safer situation. And it's so much more fun because you have your friend, you have your wingman, your partner in crime there with you. You can like get ready for the date together. You can talk about it after you, you end up in a group chat with these people. So that's called foreplay. It's F-O-U-R-P-L-A-Y. And I, I really think that like, I almost wish I was single so that I could do that with my single friends, you know? 
I actually just signed up for that with Amazing. my friend. Yeah, oh my which God, that's was so fun. Yeah, and you know, it was so fun making the profile together. Like we, she came over. We were like laying out in the sun. We were laughing at like because you you kind of write down like what you're both looking for and like who you guys are as friends. And you put if you're you know men and women, and we kind of put both because it was like, what if I can meet? We can meet other women friends and yeah you know there's so many possibilities in it and it's so fun because she'll you know she swipes on people and then it will pop up and say you're you know your teammate approved and then I get to go on and look at like who she's kind of like was like oh yes to and she'll always call me up and be like go look on foreplay so I want to see if we connect with anyone it's 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 very cool in a very interesting way and also makes you feel safe and connects you with your single friends which I think is also a plus as well so I love it do either of you remember that app it was like maybe a grouper grouper like a fish or something where yeah I think similarly but very different in the sense that you didn't see the people ahead of time where yeah it was like three of your friends and then three other friends and then you meet at a bar and then you go on kind of this triple date and like see who hits it off or just have a fun night and theoretically they covered the first round of drinks but you paid for it anyway, so I guess you kind of paid for your own drinks. But anyway, <laughs> I, th- I did that once with my friend. Hey there, Mia here. Just taking a little break to talk to you about another amazing app for you to check out. Hashtag open. Hashtag open is the polyamorous dating app for couples and singles who embrace ethical non-monogamy from polyamory to threesomes, kinky dates, and more. Hashtag open is dating updated. Now, if you're thinking about dipping your toe into non-monogamy and you haven't explored it before, you can listen to one of our earlier episodes that goes into all things non-monogamy to serve as a bit of a guide. I was super excited to partner with Hashtag Open for this episode because their app is truly unique and inclusive. But enough from me, here's a word from one of their users. I have been open and poly now for about five years and I travel a lot for my work. There was a time a couple years ago where I was in a new city and I wanted to meet some new people, Um, but I didn't want to go through the hassle of explaining my situation and explaining to people what poly was and kind of taking that um, sometimes frustrating introduction with people that are unfamiliar with ethical non-monogamy. And hashtag open was a great tool to be able to use to be able to find and connect with people that were already on the same page as me. And as it turned out, I found a really lovely person that I connected with, and over two years later, we are still together, thanks to Hashtag Open. Ready to connect and explore? Download Hashtag Open on the App Store or Google Play Store today. I guess contextually, for both of you, have you been in a scenario where you were the single friend, or are you mostly, when you were single, most of your friends were single, and when now you're in a relationship, most of your friends are in a relationship? I'm kind of at a point in my life where half are in relationships and half are single. I've definitely been in moments where I go out and all my friends are taken and I'm the only single person. It's something that I'm actually quite used to. I was always a single person in high school. I never had a boyfriend. All my friends did. So I always kind of third willed, but I, I kind of liked it because I kind of felt like I could kind of do whatever I want tonight. And also it's easy segue for people, you know, to meet their friends of friend if you're out and things like that. So, but I definitely find it, it can be a little intimidating. 
especially when they get to talking about relationships and you're kind of like, oh, can't really relate because I'm not really in one. But I know I think it can kind of go both ways, but I think it's definitely a balance. I think if you have people, friends that are in relationships, it's also important to have friends that are also single. Yeah, I've been in every situation where like I've been the only single one in the friend group. I've been, you know, I just got into a relationship when some of my friends got broken up with. I think the the most important thing is that you don't let whatever is going on in your friends' lives hold you back from what you want. And I'll give this example that like really kind of struck me. A few years ago, one of my best friends, and she was my roommate at the time, it was right when we graduated college and she met a guy within like a few months after and they started dating. And her, we we're in separate like close friend groups. Like we're still best friends, but just separate little circles. Everyone else in her circle, like the five other girls were all single. And they were like, you're missing our single years. You know, this is our time to go out and just like have fun and make out with random people. And we're having the time of our lives and you're not included in that. And they made her feel so guilty for being in a relationship. And then fast forward two years, she and the guy break up. And within a few months, the five other girls we're now in relationships and she was the only single one. And she's like, guys, like, let's go out. And they're like, sorry, you missed the boat. And I think that's so horrible, like such a terrible way to treat your friends. Like if you're, if you realize that there is a single friend in your friend group, realize that, like recognize that and reach out to them and be like, I know like you don't even have to mention that everyone's in relationships. Just be like, if you ever want me to like wingman, you like, let's go out, let's go to bars. Like, let's have a fun night. Like I'm here for it. Like just because I'm dating or engaged to or married to whoever, like that doesn't mean I'm not still down to do these fun things with you. I've been that wingman person for friends while I'm in a currently in a relationship, you know, I'll, I'll strike up a conversation with somebody and then I'll be like, so my friend, (laughs) and you know, I don't feel like that's wrong to do. It's not like I'm trying to like wingman myself, you know, I've also had friends who have been in relationships and engaged, like want to go out for a fun night like that with their single friends. And like, they'll literally turn their ring around just so guys won't feel like they can't like approach and talk to them just for the greater good of like the whole group and of those single people having a good time. So I think it's really important to just keep in mind, like if you're, if you have a friend who's the only single one in the friend group, like they're probably having a little bit of a tough time with it. And to anyone who is single and the only single one in the friend group, I really think it is so important to find at least one other single friend, whether it's a coworker, whether it's someone you meet on Bumble BFF or in a Facebook group or at a workout class or through a friend of a friend. It is, I think it's really, really important to have that person who you can just relate to and, you know, be on the same page as and and talk to about dates and whatever you're dealing with. I completely agree. I agree. Um, Yeah. Randomly, my mom is also single, which is very fun um, and very interesting. Uh, So we, it's great to like have conversations with her and get like, you know, her experiences and her advice. So like you said, to find a single friend, even, even if it's like your mother or maybe your dad's single or a cousin or something, it doesn't have to be someone who's so extremely close to you. It's just someone who kind of gets it and understands the place that you're at in that in your life. I'm not saying that, you know, your friends and relationships don't understand, but I think there's something a little bit more special to talk about, like similar, similar experiences that you're having around the same 
same time. I agree. And I think to anyone who's like a little intimidated about the idea, especially as adults, it can be harder to make friends. I just started like talking to people on Bumble BFF and I'm trying to make more single friends because pretty much literally all my friends except for one, they're all in like very serious long-term relationships. So I think it is definitely important because even though I have great friends who are very, very supportive and like will go out with me, which is really fun. And I think it's equally important to be nurturing your friendships when you're in a relationship because I do think sometimes people get very caught up in their romantic relationships and then kind of like stop hanging out with their friends as much. So then if you do become single, you are going to be, you know, kind of on your own because you haven't been nurturing those friendships. But that's a tangent to the point that, yeah, I think it's really important because relatability wise, I think that like, you know, your friends are going to be there to support you. Hopefully if you have good friends and, you know, you should prioritize healthy friendships that are supportive and not making you feel bad. But yeah, I think it can be hard when, you know, you may just want to share certain things or have the person who just knows what it's like to be going through the same kind of things you're going through. So yes, I would agree. Try to make some single friends. Swinging back to the dating apps, I want to touch on just quick tips for setting up your profile in a way, like you were saying, Alana, to kind of invite conversation. And then also I'm curious, do you both think that like pictures wise, do you want to have photos with your friends? Do you want to have just yourself, professional looking photos, like fake candid looking photos that were actually taken by your friend for the purposes of your dating profile? Like what do you want to have on your profile to, you know, get people to kind of have a sense of who you are and show your best, I guess, self, but not your best. That's the other thing. Like, is it your best self or is this like the average version of you because everyone is not who they are on, you know, in these amazing photos that you could find five good ones. I'm glad you said that because I think that's what people get wrong. You're not trying to sell your best self because you're not your best self 24-7. You know, you're not going to walk into the bar on the first date and be your best self for the next two hours. You're going to be you and you want to feel comfortable and you don't want to feel like your dating app profile is a 10, but you're really a seven. And if you're a seven, that's great. Like I'm probably like a six or a seven too. I've been called a two, you know, it doesn't matter, but you don't want to feel insecure because of what your profile shows versus who you are. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people run into that with like weight loss or weight gain issues, especially like throughout the pandemic where all they have was old photos where, you know, they're 50 pounds lighter, but they're afraid to have those photos on their profile and then walk into the bar or to the restaurant and disappoint somebody. So you really want to show your most accurate self so that you can feel confident that, you know what, like they're interested in what you look like. And that is what you actually truly look like. A few kind of just best practices, like your first photo, no sunglasses. You want it to be really clear. You don't want it to be too artsy, like easy to tell who you are. You know, they can look at your first picture and be like, okay, that's Alana done. I know who Alana is now. And the rest of her pictures, like I know, I already know exactly what her face looks like. So if there's one where she's with friends, I know exactly which one she is. Friends pictures, you, it has to be clear who you are. I, there are a lot of mixed, you know, thoughts about friends pictures. Some people are like, absolutely not. For me, I really liked seeing friends pictures on profiles because I think that a, people are like, they're happiest when they're with their friends and your friends also like are a part of your world. So I want to see your world. I want to know like, who are the people I'm going to be meeting if we end up dating? Like these are your people, they'd end up being my people. Yeah. Nothing too artsy. I think the biggest problem that I see with women's profiles is like we said before, like 
people kind of try too hard to look cool. And a lot of like those cool, trendy, like Instagram vibey pictures will end up on a profile. But unless you're on Bumble BFF trying to find friends, that's wrong. That is not what you want to show. You want to show you doing certain activities that you like in certain places that you love. Each photo is a chance to tell somebody something about who you are and what you're about. And so you want to really utilize like every single photo option to share part of your story. Real quick before you go, Stevie, I just want to follow up on weight gain or some type of physical appearance difference. Do you think that people, like let's say you only do have pictures from what you used to look like. Mm-hmm. and you are now insecure because of certain new things that are going on, would you say those people should go take new photos or how can they – and and also is it on the flip side like inauthentic to be sharing those younger year photos? Like at what point is it maybe not as extreme as catfishing, but do people need to show misleading. like this is really – yeah, misleading. I had a friend who went on a date with this guy and um, he ended up – having like full-on braces with bands and everything not saying that that's you know you you can have adult braces that's fine but there is no indication on his profile like whatsoever that he did have braces or there wasn't a discussion or anything like that and it really took her like by surprise like because she just wasn't ready for that and you know it kind of threw her off the date a little bit and I think I think when it comes to that, like you kind of need to update your profile as new pictures come along. I mean, we all take pictures so often. I, I agree with you. You need your first one needs to be like you absolutely and have friends. But I also love to put like personality pictures in there, like funny pictures that at the end, like the last one of your profile is a one that you're being funny with your friends or I have like weird glasses on or I'm doing a weird face like something that shows who I, you know, I am on the inside. And I love seeing that on like people, you know, men's profiles that I see as well. So I think, I think it's good to update it because, you know, I don't know when you have, I, I'm, I'm for adult braces, but I feel like with things like that, you need to kind of be like, no, this is who I am. And I want, like you said, to accept me for who I am. Yeah. I think if you would personally feel nervous, let's say you had braces and you were going to go into a date and you were going to feel nervous, like, oh no, what if they see me when I like, and they see that I have braces and they're no longer interested. If that's how you feel, then that needs to be on your profile because you don't want to be afraid. You don't want to feel like you're going to disappoint someone or shock someone. So whatever it is, maybe you shaved your head, like that should be on your profile. Same thing with like crazy facial hair changes. Like I think all of these things, like they could just really shock someone and make somebody like almost question it and feel off going into the date. And that's doing yourself a disservice and them. So I think it is really important to take updated pictures. And again, I understand like if you gained a lot of weight, like you might not feel confident doing that, but you know what? I think you'll be happier and feel better if you have accurate pictures and you know that somebody is seeing you and swiping right on you and choosing to go on a date with you anyway, then you know that you can walk into this date and they're not going to be surprised. They're not going to be confused or disappointed or feel like, oh, well, their pictures were inaccurate. And it sounds really shallow that we have to be transparent about these things. But unfortunately, when you're dating on dating apps, dating apps are shallow. So yeah. it's better so you can- yeah, all you have to go off of is mostly photos, right? So exactly. So the better you can set yourself up to like feel confident 
that this person is that you that you look the way you look or that you look the way you're showing you look, you know, the better it'll be. And that doesn't mean all six pictures need to be with your new shaved head or with braces, but like at least one. Yeah, for sure. Also, Stevie, I feel like the teeth thing comes up a lot because I saw that on a recent comment where someone's like, make sure that they're showing teeth, like make sure that there's at least one photo with a smile. And I had a friend that before a date that she went on years ago, she was really nervous because there were no photo, like every single photo, his mouth was closed. And she's like, I know, like he doesn't have teeth. And I was like, that is, a, come on, like there's no way he has no teeth. Like, did come he, on, it's ridiculous. He? I'm not kidding. He literally had no teeth. What? He had no, he had no front teeth, no front <gasps> teeth. And so, and he didn't even, he didn't even acknowledge it. And then, but even even funnier not that, again like it's okay if you don't have teeth it's okay if you don't have, you know it's okay <laughs> i love i love all of the disclaimers that we as podcast hosts have to make it's okay if you don't have a body and you're just a floating head it's just fine. put that on your profile obviously it's not <laughs> but, but even weirder not weird but, but yes the second date <laughs> the second date he had a full set of teeth and what? she and she should have just waited I know, but yeah even, I was like you know what maybe it's a test maybe it's a test where he wants to see how shallow people are because you know it could work but um but anyway you're a friend for going on a second date <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't have it in me. I, I don't have that yeah. in me. I can't. Oh, also, like, if, he was, if he was testing me, I'd be like, I automatically don't want to go on another date with you. Even though I don't really care that you don't have front teeth, but you tested me. So sorry. You know? True. Yeah, exactly. Now it's a different kind of test. But um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that that is definitely an anecdote I find hilarious. You never know where a good date may land you. Perhaps the bedroom or even the bathroom at the restaurant. Hey, I'm not judging. Wherever you land, you do not want to be caught empty-handed without your favorite bottle of lube. And you know which one I'm talking about. That's right, Uber Lube. Uber Lube is a silicone-based lubricant that lasts. Added vitamin E provides a silky soft feel to this unscented moisturizing formula. Trust me, you'll never go back to the sticky stuff you were using before. Uber Lube is even great for taming frizz and conditioning ends. You know we love a versatile product. If you need to freshen up on your way to a date or, you know, the morning after, Uber Lube is your multi-purpose sexual wellness sidekick. It's even available in a discreet aluminum travel case. So, what are you waiting for? Go grab some Uber Lube for your next rendezvous. Use code TABU, that's T-A-B-U, for 10% off. Now, let's slide on back to our episode. <laughs> let's get into this next topic. So basically I'm thinking about communication on a dating app. And so what level of communication do you owe people? And especially before you've, so on Hinge, for example, if you like someone's profile and they start a conversation, do you think in all cases you have to respond because you did indicate that you liked them? And this did happen to me recently. And I got like three messages in a row and this guy was really upset, not upset in a, an aggressive way, but in kind of like a, this always happens to me. And then I did respond kind of like, I understand that that's really frustrating and I get it. Like I, you know, to be honest, I guess I kind of changed my mind and also I'm still figuring things out for myself. So I just didn't respond. I was kind of anxious. 
But that's what's happening on my end. I'm wondering like, what level do you owe someone in terms of letting them know that? And especially if you haven't spoken before. And then even once you start a conversation, if it trails off naturally, do you think you should always say something? Is it ghosting if you just kind of stop a conversation? Like what degree do you owe people before you've met? I typically don't think you owe someone on a dating app unless you've sort of switched to texting or there's been some sort of conversation that, oh, we're going on this date at, you know, this time or there's a plan ahead because at the end of the day, you don't know this person you've never met, especially if it's just like to get to know them. I'm, I'm like you, sometimes I don't reply and sometimes I forget. I don't have my I don't have notifications for my dating app so sometimes it gets lost in the sauce a little bit I kind of go off if I don't reply to them it kind of it fades off and I don't owe them something I it's kind of like if I switch to texting and we've kind of recreated some sort of rapport with each other is when you kind of owe them a hey I'm not into this or you know I'm kind of gonna back away a little bit I agree with that I think once you switch to texting it's not that the stakes are higher, but the expectations are a little higher. You know, you're getting more excited. Like, oh, we, we're texting. Like, this is real. Like, we're actually going to go on a date. But when you're on the dating app, you don't owe anyone anything. But I think what's really important is that you treat others how you want to be treated. It sounds like kindergarten, but it's true. You know, if you get upset that somebody stops answering after you've had a conversation for a few days or for a week and you wish they had said like, you know, Hey, like I actually met somebody or I'm just taking time off from dating or I'm going away. Then you should do that to other people, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated on dating apps. Like remember how hard dating is for everybody and how exhausting it is and how burnt out we all feel. And the more we can all just be decent humans to each other, the better we all will feel and the better dating experiences we'll all have. I don't think it's considered ghosting if somebody stops responding to you on a dating app. You know, unless you've been talking forever, you also shouldn't be talking forever on a dating app. You shouldn't talk that much before you meet in person. Otherwise, you know, you're setting yourself up for disappointment, realistically. I think that you should never overshare. You know, I've had people come to me lately saying that people are like dumping on them about like their traumas and about like really intense shit going on in their lives or about like, oh, it's this day. Like I'm feeling down because you know, my best friend died this day last year. It's like, that is too much. You do not know this person. Talk to your therapist. Like, do not dump on somebody like that because that probably makes them feel uncomfortable and they don't know you. So what, like, they don't even know what to say, you know? So just be a decent human and and just be normal. Like, that sounds weird to say, but like, just don't do anything that you wouldn't want somebody doing to you. Yeah, like it doesn't need to feel so contrived, just kind of be your natural self. And then I do think a lot of people are in their heads, even with over texting or under texting or saying the wrong thing or sending, you know, a, I don't know, I send emojis and bitmojis like it's my day job. And I feel like some people see that as too much. That's literally how I communicate. So, you know, I think you just have to be yourself at the end of the day. Can I tell you the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life? <laughs> Since you brought up bit Obviously. You know, obviously. <laughs> please. I love how I subject myself to it. Um, you know the animojis where you can like animate the either like hum- little human, like your bitmoji as a character or the animals. This was like before the pandemic. I had gone on three dates with this guy. And at the time I was having a lot of sleeping issues and I was prescribed Ambien. And one of the side effects, effects of Ambien is lacking out. And 
that did happen to me. And I would black out. You know, I take it when I was like in bed and 15 minutes later, I'd be asleep. But between minutes five and 15, oh my God, I don't know who was in control of my brain because it was not me. And I would not remember it the next day. And I woke up one morning and I looked at my text with this guy after our third date. And I had sent him like 10 videos of me as different emojis, different animals saying the craziest shit. At one point I thought I was a tiger on like on a subway. Um, at one point I was a monkey saying all I want in life is for us to eat truffles together forever. Oh my gosh. How did he respond? I, he thought, it, thankfully, thankfully he thought it was the funniest thing he's ever seen. In his life. Um, and you know, like he still planned another date with me after that. I, I was too afraid to watch them. I went into work and I ran to my coworker's desk and I was like, help. I can't watch these. I need you to watch these and tell me if I need to like go bury myself in a hole right now and and never come out. Um, and I had said the same thing to him. I was like, I I can't watch them. I'm not going to lie. And he's like, honestly, like they're not bad. Just don't watch the fourth one. And the fourth one was the truffle one. Um, I stopped taking Ambien after that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was going to say, I would love to, oh my gosh. I think that's hilarious. I would love if that happened to me, to be honest. Not to to me. No, 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 exactly. Receiving, receiving. (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't want to be me in that situation. (laughs) You still have the videos. So I actually, I, I recently, on Tuesday, I actually saw this guy for the first time. We have not spoken in two years until a few weeks ago. We ended up dating for like six or seven months and then he ended things and he actually just came out and he's gay. And so wow. I texted him. We had not spoken literally two years to the week of like our breakup. I texted him. We ended up like reconnecting and we just recorded an episode together about it. And in during that process I looked back in our text because this story came up which is why it's top of mind and they're all still there and I'm scared (laughs) you gotta you have to release those I feel like that's or you know that's the start to the Patreon like for exclusive (laughs) access (laughs) the mortifying things that I've sent while blackout on Ambien to a third date also I saw that you were recording that episode and I'm extremely excited to listen to it so I'm looking forward to that coming out it came out so great. He was awesome. Oh, good. Okay, so speaking of communication, that kind of relates to some of the questions that we got. One person was asking about just like flirting on, I don't know if necessarily on an app or just with someone they like. And so they said, he thinks I'm silly when I'm being flirty slash sexy. How do I start the conversation to correct? And I was wondering, like, is he being rude about it? So I followed up and asked for more context. And she said, I do enjoy being flirty and I don't feel judged. I just feel like he doesn't take me seriously when I try to be sexy and it gets shrugged off as a joke. So how would you, I don't know, I didn't really know like what to do in that scenario. I would just continue to be, I get what she's saying because I do sometimes feel like I am, I don't take myself that seriously. So I feel like when I'm trying to be a little bit more, you know, flirtatious, maybe it's people think I'm being sarcastic or, you know, it's just not gelling, but I don't know what to do about it because I'm like, I don't know. That's just what it is. And that's who you are. And that's, you know, how they're going to read it. But any, any takes on that? I think I think it kind of starts like having a conversation with him. It's de- if it's definitely something that continues to happen, you guys need to talk about that. Maybe you're just not 
connecting correctly or like you have different ideas of like you know what sexy is or what you like you know that kind of leads all up into like the bedroom and the sexual part of it so I think it's definitely a conversation that you should have and be like hey you're not really taking me seriously and I'm trying to like be fun and like sexy for you and you like don't really get it so I I don't know because I'm kind of like you I'm like this is kind of who I am and if you if we're not if we're not linking that way then maybe this isn't you know, right for both of us. Yeah, I agree that a conversation is definitely the first thing that you should try and do if this continues to happen or continues to bother you. Like Stevie said, like you might have different ideas in your mind of like what sexy is or what, you know, things you like want to be doing like that. But I think it's important to kind of define that. And you know what, like maybe for him, he loves that he thinks you're silly. You know, he doesn't need you to try and be sexy or to try and like be flirty in a certain way or or he likes it. He just, in his mind, it's just like silly and it's you and it's why he likes you, why he loves you. And he doesn't need you to do anything differently. It just might read differently for somebody versus what you might have in your head. But at the same time, if you want, if you feel like you are trying to be sexy, to feel sexy, and his response is making you not feel that way, then that's important to share too. Be like, I... Like, I want to feel sexy around you and I don't based on like how you react to it. And so, but it's important for me to feel that way. It's important for my confidence. It's important for, you know, how I want to feel with my partner. So like, what are some other things that we can try or what do you find sexy that I do? And I think being really transparent about it is the key. And yeah, it's really scary. There are going to be hard conversations that you're going to have, but every single time you go into a hard conversation, you will come out of it so much more connected. Your relationship will be stronger for it and you'll be better for it. And you'll have gained practice communicating with each other. A hundred percent. I think that's something that I've definitely learned is expressing how something makes you feel, not, you know, putting something onto them like, oh, you don't take me seriously or whatever. Just say, I, you know, I feel embarrassed when I try to flirt and then your reaction is X, Y, Z. And then also you never know where he's coming from because maybe he's actually shy and uncomfortable and not, you know, very bold when it comes to flirting and being quote unquote sexy. So when you do it, he's uncomfortable and then his discomfort's kind of getting projected onto you. So now that I'm kind of listening to you both, I think that a conversation is 100% warranted and would be super helpful, as is the case pretty much 100% of the time. Okay, so another thing about communication is, and just dating in general, that someone asked, which was, how do you let go of someone putting in zero effort? And I was wondering, I asked a little bit, like, what that means like in the dating stage, in the talking phase, whatever. And then he said in the dating stage, not planning anything, always expecting me to be the one to take initiative. I do feel excited about them. I just don't think it's healthy. I get the impression that I am just another option. And my take was, especially in a heterosexual context, I do think there's a lot of expectation for men to kind of take the lead. And that's not always because I think there's many things going on. Obviously, that's like society's expectation. But I also think there's certain conditioning and messaging for women around like taking charge or even paying on a date or double texting or like, you know, like not looking super needy or whatever. So I don't necessarily think it's always coming from a place of just because you're the guy, you should do this. It's also because I'm a woman, I should expect to be chased or if I'm not being chased that means he doesn't like me etc so I guess what would your 
take be on one person putting in more energy than the other person and being more of the initiator? Do you think that's a red flag? Or do you think, again, of course, a conversation, but like, yeah. Or would you take that as like, someone's just not that interested? I've been in, uh, I used to struggle with this a lot. I, I used to go on dates and date men that I had to put a lot of the effort into. And I realized it's because, you know, I was chasing them and they liked that I was chasing them. And it took a lot of internal work to be, you know, like, you know, he, this person that I'm dating, he or she, it needs, you know, they need to, we kind of need to be equal effort, especially when, if, you know, this is a man asking this question, I think at some point, maybe after like the second or third date, it's kind of, you know, each person needs to reciprocate and each person needs to talk about making plans or have ideas of dates to for them to do together or just there's discussions of it. I got to a point where I was like, I need men to, you know, at least at, at the beginning, initially like ask me on dates. But I think when you get to the third or fourth date, you kind of need to start, you know, putting yourself out there again and asking them to go out. It's definitely a balance and more people are shy. It's a confidence thing. But I think for me, as I struggled so hard and being the only one that was reaching out that I kind of created my own boundary and was like in the beginning anyone that I'm dating kind of needs to put that effort in so I know that they're interested yeah I think the first thing that you need to do is figure out what you need and that's what you said like you figured out what your needs were and I think that's so important because you know I know people who want to be courted they don't want to you know, plan a date until they are in a relationship. They want the other person to text first, to plan every single date, to follow up every single time, ask them out again. And that's definitely like not me at all. But for those people, they know what they need. And so they are looking for people who can fulfill those needs. For somebody like me, I want to be able to send the first text. I want to be able to, you know, thank them after a date and tell them that I had a great time, but I need them to be responding to that. I need them to also be showing that effort. Otherwise I, my anxiety is like through the freaking roof. And so for me, it was important to know that like, yes, I want to feel empowered to also make moves and initiate things. But at the same time, I need to know that they are really interested in me. And so there were times in the past where I thought like the dates were going really well, but you know, they weren't texting me that much in between. And so I got, I was getting in my head and overthinking and being like, this person literally hates me. Like, I don't understand, like, but they keep going on dates, but they will not talk to me during the week, like in between the dates. And I learned a really big lesson going through this for like the 18th time where with this one guy, I finally said to him, you know, on one of the dates, I was like, I'm a little confused because, and I'm not trying to be like crazy or anything, but like, I feel like our dates have been going so well, but then during the week, like I don't really hear from you. And that kind of confuses me. And I'm a really big texter and maybe you're not, but I think I need to know so I can calm my little anxiety and, and stop overthinking. Like, are you just not a texter? Are you actually not that interested? Or what is it? And he was like, oh, like, I'm so sorry that I've made you feel that way. That was not my intention at all. I'm not on my phone that much during the workday. But if it will make you feel better for me to text you more, I'm happy to do that. And that was a really big moment for me where I learned that if you figure out what you need and you ask for the things you need, it gives people a chance to show you if they can fulfill your needs or not. And he became the best texter overnight. <laughs> but guess what? He couldn't read my mind. He didn't know that him not texting me was making me feel anxious and making me feel 
like things weren't going well. So I think it's really important to, you know, express yourself and communicate. And once you start openly communicating, that helps enhance the relationship that helps put you guys on the same page. And guess what? Maybe there was a world in which he was like, you know what, like I'm actually not interested. And I would be like, okay, well now I know. Or there was a world in which he's like, I'm actually like not a big texter. Like, is that going to be okay for you? And, you know, maybe I would have tried a little bit longer, but then I would have figured out like, you know what, that doesn't work for me. So I think it's really hard, especially now, because we don't know if when someone's not communicating that much over text or in between dates, are they playing a game? Are they trying to be hard to get? Or are they just not a big communicator? Or are they not interested? And you kind of have to ask questions and be open about how you're feeling in order to figure that out. Yeah, I agree 100%. I also think that I could see how it could be difficult to balance many conversations happening at the same time. And that brings up a question that I have for each of you. Do you recommend dating multiple people at a time, not necessarily in a non-monogamy way? At what point is it almost disrespectful or like, you know, I guess, what are your thoughts there? Like, can you go on three dates with the same person and another person. I know it's different for everybody, obviously. I'm actually in the stage of sort of playing the field right now. I, I've, I've done a week where I had like three, diff three different dates with three different people, and that was absolutely way too much for me. Um, but I kind of had to do that to learn that for myself. Uh, I think it's so important when you're, you're dating multiple people to know what you don't want, because I think you need to kind of tell them after like the second or third date, if you're not feeling it, and you and then there's maybe some red flags that come up you kind of need to end it then and there or text them and be like hey I'm not really feeling that I think if you go back past like the third date things get a little bit more complicated and feelings will get a little bit more hurt but I think it's a great opportunity I guess playing the field to learn what you do want but knowing what you don't want is so crucial because you'll know if someone says something and you're like oh that's not what I like, or that's not the future I'm looking for, or what I want to do. And then you'll be able to kind of end it there. So you don't get stuck dating, you know, three people at once after like three, four dates down the line. Just a quick follow up to that. At this point, do you identify things like that pretty early on? Or like, like, let's say someone says something and you're like, that's a little weird. And then but you're like, I'm not, I don't want to make a character judgment. Like how many chances would you give someone or are you kind of like, you know what, I at this point have a gut sense and I'm not going to even pursue things further after something about you doesn't resonate well with me. Yeah, I recently just went on a second date with someone I met at a bar, which was very exciting. The first date, there was a couple red flags, but I always feel like on the first date, you don't really know someone. You, I always am like, let's give him a second chance. Um, so I went on a second date and he said some things that were big red flags to me. He was kind of tallying up the price of like our past, our last date and how we, how I should pay for these rounds. And that really didn't sit well with me at all. And it kind of threw me off the date completely. I almost was like, you know, I may end this right here and now. But I gave him, you know, the benefit of the doubt. But after the date, you know, he walked me back home and I went back up to my apartment and I was like, you know, I don't even want to continue with this guy. He's great, but I just don't think we're on, you know, on the same line of what we want and what we want out of someone. So I, I, I sent the, I sent the text because obviously you don't want to ghost or against ghosting, but um, I think it's definitely important. I mean, that's an example of knowing what you don't want and 
acting on those feelings. Yeah. In terms of dating multiple people at the same time, I think there are some people who can do it and some people who can't. And I know a lot of people who are like have anxious attachment. I know a big push is to go on dates with multiple multiple people so that you don't get too attached to somebody and you don't feel super anxious about somebody because there are always other options and other people to kind of keep your mind occupied. But I also think that that could make dating really, really exhausting. So I think it's worth trying and seeing how you feel during it. But if it's too much for you, you know, you also might be too busy to go on three first dates a week or a third date and a first date and a second date. Like you might not have time. You might only have time for one date a week. So you really have to figure out what works for you. That being said, I learned a lot from Stevie, exactly what you said, which is like learning what I wanted and and what I didn't want and what I liked and what I didn't like, where when I met my now boyfriend of a year and a half, Jake, I had gone on three dates with this other guy, let's call him Brad. And I was obsessed with Brad. I was checking my phone every five seconds to see if Brad texted me. You know, after our second date, I was like, oh, but we don't have a third date planned. Like, I'm not going to be able to like sleep or breathe until like he plans a third date. And I know that he wants to see me again. And I could not stop thinking about Brad. And my first date with Jake was like, fine. Like, you know, we planned another one. And I was like looking forward to it because, because right after my first date with Jake, he texted me and said, I had a really great time and I'd love to see you again. And I was like, wow. Great. So I don't nice. have to be I don't have to be anxious about this at all because right. he already told me he wants to see me. <laughs> after a second date. I was going away for I was going away for three weeks to visit family. And he was like, I know you're going home and then away, but I'd love to talk while you're gone and see you when you're back. I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like magic, like <laughs> this wizardry, like this is incredible. Meanwhile, freaking the fuck out over Brad (laughs) because he has not told me if he wants to go on another date yet or not. And we're just like having like these texts back and forth, but he's not bringing it up. And it took a a friend literally said to me, I was like, Alana, like, do you even like Brad? And I'm like, well, why does it matter if I like Brad or not? If we don't know if Brad likes me, it only matters if Brad likes me. Otherwise my feelings don't matter. And my friend was like, Alana, you can't even say that you actually like him. You just need to know that he likes you. And I'm like, and I kept like fighting it. And then later that day, I was like, damn, I don't actually like this guy. And then guess what? (laughs) Brad sent me that like anti-ghosting text. Like, you know, like, I think we should see what else is out there. And in my mind, I'm like, I already have been seeing what else is out there. And I actually like what else is out there a lot better than you, buddy. So yeah, I do think that was a really good like comparison where I had this one person who I was obsessing over but feeling so anxious about. And then I had this person who was openly communicating. I felt so calm and comfortable with the situation. And I was able to see that because of that contrast. Recently, I went, I guess not recently, like a month ago, I went on three dates with this guy and he actually was, you know, saying this sort of the same things that Jake was saying to you. And I was like, wow, he's really interested in me. And asking me all the right questions and planning dates like as we're on a date he's like when can I see you again and I was like wow I you know I actually kind of maybe like this guy and this is good but I didn't realize that we weren't compatible until we like got to the bedroom and I think sometimes you know when you're dating around and some people like you know it's kind of weird to like have sex with multiple people at once or but for sometimes for me, that's how I figure out like if we're compatible or not, if we've reached reached a certain point and I'm still kind of unsure. And I am so happy I did because we were so not aligned whatsoever. He, I guess in some ways, really loved to go down on women um, too much where it was like almost a little 
like painful and he wouldn't let me like do anything to him and reciprocate. And that is just not what I like to do in the bedroom. And it took that to make me realize I don't want to see this guy again. And I, you know, I expressed that and sent the anti-ghosting text. And obviously we had, you know, we had slept together at that point and he completely turned around on me and was like, I thought this was just casual between us um, Mm -hmm. and completely changed his tone of voice with me from the beginning. So I think it depends. And that was off. That was after like the third date. So it kind of, there's not really a rule book to like, oh, after the second or third date, you should, you know, you should know. Sometimes it takes like going a little bit further to realize that, you know, you're not compatible. Yeah. I feel like sex can definitely clarify and complicate things in in different instances. (laughs) I'm like, That's how I, yeah, I had that experience in the beginning of dating my most recent partner where I was, I went on dates with him. I went on dates with another guy and then I knew that I really liked the one that I ended up dating, but I also was very attracted to the other one. (laughs) And so I was like, dang, I kind of wanted to hook up with him, but then I started to feel guilty even though I hadn't, um, it was also in the middle of the pandemic. So I think it was, I was like, oh, this feels this feels like uh, ethically ambiguous. So I, so alas, I did not. um, But yeah, but that was kind of the last question I wanted to ask about, which was like, given the pandemic and just like, and even, I guess I kind of think about, you know, COVID has in a way gotten us used to talking about health and our status, like if you have COVID, getting tested, things like that. So STIs are, you know, something people don't feel comfortable talking about a lot of the time. Um, but my question really is about COVID more so. And and now I guess what monkeypox is in New York, or maybe it's sweeping the nation, I don't know yet. Um, but ha- do you think that dating multiple people has changed with the pandemic? Like, do you have any different considerations around even like kissing on a first date or things like that when there's a little bit more at risk, I guess? Or like, do you have to talk to people about it ahead of time? Like, I don't know, has it changed things for you or from your friends? Or what do you guys think? I think it changed during the pandemic in such an incredible way where people were really openly communicating. People were looking out for one another. People were transparent about where they've been, what they've been doing, if they felt like they were in an unsafe situation. And people were also upfront about like, are you seeing anyone else? Because I am living with XYZ person who is immunocompromised or I'm seeing my parents, blah, blah, blah. So I think people became a lot more comfortable with open communication. But I think at this point, it's gone back to the way it was before, unfortunately, where people don't really communicate. They don't really care. You know, they're, they were exposed, but they'll go on a date the next day. They, you know, they're not trying to do that. So it's unfortunate that it's kind of, I think, rewinded to the way it was because it was really beautiful for a bit that people were actually open with each other. Yeah, I would agree. I I did have someone recently that I was going on a second date with and he was like, I was actually at work and someone has COVID, but I'm testing. Um, So I think it also depends on like who you're dating and like what they're, you know, what they're comfortable with as well. But I think it's kind of opened a lane since COVID to have more open communication about health, like like you're saying, like STIs and getting tested like that. I feel like I'm having more open conversations with people that I'm dating before we go to bed or like when we're about to go to bed. And um, yeah, I think it's kind of opened up a little bit of a lane of being like, hey, health is important. We should we should have this discussion more 
um, often than maybe we did before. So I think, but I definitely think when it comes to like kissing and stuff like that, it's kind of, it's kind of moving back to pre-pandemic times. I will say though, with kissing, I've noticed this in the many reality TV dating shows that I watch. People are now more than ever saying, can I kiss you? before kissing somebody. And I think that is awesome because that is not something that used to happen. And then I started seeing that for myself on dates where towards the end of the day, a guy would say like, can I kiss you? And I'm like, wow, like that's cool. (laughs) I wonder if that also has to do with just more conversations about consent. Consent, totally. You know? Yeah. I feel like I've gotten feedback on both sides of that, on that conversation of like some guys now being a little bit more intimidated or nervous with dating because they feel like they don't want to do something uh, and which I think is good to be honest. Like I don't care if the pendulum swings to an extreme. <laughs> like you know, I think be err on the side of caution, and then you know we can swing to like a a middle ground that's you know more comfortable for everybody. But yes, I definitely think that's great. I, and I do think yes, some people may be taken aback if you ask them, but I think by and large, getting in the practice of asking people if if it's okay to touch them or to interact with their body in that intimate way, even just kissing. I mean, kissing is intimate. I don't necessarily want to kiss everyone I meet. Well, I definitely don't want to kiss everyone I meet. I also don't want to kiss everyone I'm going sure? to date with. <laughs> I am very sure. Would you want to kiss somebody who doesn't have any teeth? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I would, you know, that, that could be a really, um, it could it, be an experience. It could, be, it could definitely be an experience. Could be nice. well, I, I a lot think, of things. Yeah. I think it's kind of sexy when people ask you if like, can I kiss you or can I touch you in a certain place? Like I think it's kind of hot. <laughs> I agree. I think it just sh- is a sign of who they are, you know, mm-hmm. and and that they're respectful and that goes a long way. Right. The respectfulness mm-hmm. yeah. is what's really... That's probably what's sexy. Yeah, That's exactly. probably yeah. what my body is like, yes, I love this. Respect. Oh, you care? You care? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> okay, amazing. So thank you both for joining. Where can people find you and connect with your work and what you've got going on? Yeah, so I'm just at The City of Dating on TikTok, Instagram, thecityofdating.com is where you can find my book. And then the ebook version is everywhere. And we have a weekly dating advice column that I write every week that goes on Instagram and on the website. And yeah, The City of Dating. Amazing. And I am at Alana Dunn on Instagram and TikTok. And seeing other people is at seeing other people on Instagram and you can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Okay. Thank you both so much. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, please rate and review it on Apple podcasts and Spotify. It really helps boost the podcast and helps other people discover this information. Also, assuming it's five stars and you love it, it's an ego boost for me, but in all seriousness, your feedback is always welcome. Self-improvement is my lifelong endeavor. You know what else I would love to know? What are your most hilarious dating stories? And what questions do you have or challenges are you facing in your dating life? Trust me, we're all in this together. Hop on over to our Instagram at asking for myself and shoot me a DM. Until next time.